going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Today's show took a major turn when after just three hours of deliberations, a jury came back with verdicts of guilty for the man accused of first-degree murder in the deaths of young Talia Marsman and her mother, Sarah Bailey. An emotional day for all involved who will get their final say as lawyers will set a sentencing date in the new year. That was a major focus of the show when the story broke, but before we got to that, we opened things up with talk about business in Calgary with the Chamber of Commerce. As always, thanks for listening to the Calgary Today podcast. Let's get right into it. One of the things that has really dominated the headlines in the last number of weeks has been the price discrepancy between Western Canada Select and WTI and the current economic picture here in Calgary and in southern Alberta and what should we be expecting heading into 2019? We will talk all about that. This is Calgary Chamber of Commerce President and CEO Sandeep Lolly joining us now. Uh, Sandeep, thank you again for the time today. Thank you. Before we get into the year in review, I do want to touch briefly on yesterday's federal announcement. And I know the, the Chamber of Commerce did issue a statement, but I was wondering uh, if you could maybe reiterate some of your key messaging from what you heard from the federal government yesterday. Absolutely. We heard that, you know what, there's a change in tone with the federal government, and that change in tone indicates to us that they understand that this is a national economy issue, and they're trying to work their way into getting a solution. The solution we need is to be able to get our goods to our customers. We don't need more loans, and that's effectively what we have said um, as we heard that announcement yesterday. What is the next step in your eyes when it comes to getting sort of things back on track uh, when it comes to the federal government's relationship with the energy industry and, and Calgary's energy industry? Yeah, for natural resources, we want predictability, clarity, and efficiency in our regulatory process. If the federal government can get us back to that, that efficiency and clarity of process, and Bill C-69 is a perfect way for them to do that. That's what we need. And then the next step is to get that pipeline moving and get some construction started so that we can hit our timeline to market. Yesterday's news does kind of dovetail well into a year in review. And when you look back on 2018, I have a bit of a feeling on how you're going to feel about it, but uh, maybe personify it. How would you, or how do you feel about how 2019 or 2018, pardon me, went in, in Calgary? Yeah, you know, we had a lot of optimism in 2018 coming into the fall. I joined in April and the conversations with the business community were definitely about how do we move forward? We know this is the new marketplace. And then in the fall, the differential and then Bill C-69 and other pieces that are key points for the Calgary economy hit us and the Olympic conversation happened. And all of that took a little wind out of the sail for sure in the fall. It has been a bit of a roller coaster. As somebody who's kind of new to the folds, what have you learned in the first few months here on the job? What I've learned is that you have to be 100% solution-based and look forward. There is a lot of conversation around how we got here, how do we pivot, how do we do that. I, I say 
stop talking about that piece, talk about how we're going to solve these problems and move forward. And there is more than a handful of the business community that are solution-based. People are definitely wanting to move forward. And you can see that we don't want handouts. We want to have solutions. How do you, I guess, go over that hump in a sense when it comes to dealing with what we've dealt with over the last few months here and look forward when it's hard not to look back and say, hey, this could have been fixed a long time ago? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is with looking backwards, it's multiple governments. It's not you know, just the current government of state. So that's the piece around where we center in on competitiveness. We were competitive in a global marketplace. We just need to be able to get back there. And how we were there before was through strong business discipline decisions. And that's where we need to get back to is when we have strong business discipline decisions, which I reckon we do, we also had strong government that played in the sandbox that government plays well in and we had them right in the point where commerce was being able to be done and right now we have this hodgepodge of activity between business and government is that a a kind of a triple-headed dragon in a sense because you have three different levels of government at play that seem to be doing different things at different times Absolutely. I mean, over the last 12 or so years, we've had misalignment between all three levels of government. And so if we, if they, if they can get rowing in the same direction, and that is to improve the competitiveness of our economy, then we all will win. We will have healthy business, which will create healthy community. Do you get the sense that ideology is getting in the way of maybe aligning those three heads? I think it's like the part about good policy and all that. And where we're running into block, running into issues is this regional voting block situation. You know, how do I win? And so whether it's your ideology or, or not, it's about how do I win as a politician? And that's come more into the forefront than good policy has. Is that the challenge then for a lot of Albertans and a lot of Calgarians who are sitting there going, we need change, we need change now, but we're not going to necessarily get it until we see how the next provincial and federal election unfold in 2019? 2019 is a fantastic year to show your citizenship and to move forward and say, this is the kind of economy I want. Our our chance here at the chamber next year is to advocate on business issues with the provincial and federal election. So we will be doubling down on commerce, which is doubling down on competitiveness, internal trade, innovation, workforce, those kinds of things. And we're going to encourage the business community who are citizens of the community to look at who is going to solve those issues the best. How do Calgary businesses feel about sort of the prospects right now of business and in particular the the climate here just in Calgary? In Calgary, it's going to be a tough start to 2019 and people are already seeing that. Q1 is going to be difficult, but we are going to finish strong. We have numbers of things lining up for us and if we can get clarity and closure on Bill C-69 in a positive way that adds that predictability and clarity and efficiency to project 
perfect. If we can get started on Trans Mountain, perfect. Those are the kinds of things that are going to rebuild investor confidence and increase the competitiveness of the Calgary economy. We have a large base in our economy that's on natural resources, but we also have strong strength in our agriculture sector and health sciences and others. And that's what we need to focus on is the holistic Calgary economy and how do we pull that forward? But definitely we will start out in a tough position in 2019, but we will finish strong because we have that within us. You segued really well into my next question talking about, and I'm not trying to discredit what the energy industry means to this city, but at the same time, there are other burgeoning industries and other things that are happening that uh, from what I've I've heard from business is that it's been not an awful year for them. Uh, Talk about 2018 from the mindset of industry outside of energy. Oh, you know, we've, that's what we've consciously tried to do here at the chamber in 2018 and we will in 19 as well is tell Nourish, Power, Inspire stories. We had three strong Inspire stories from Critical Mass, Benevity, and Sunterra Group. All three businesses are growing and flourishing. And so the success is happening in this city, and we will continue to tell those successful stories. It's one of those things where natural resources, you know, Bill C-69 impacts all large projects. Natural resources just happens to be taking it on the chin and having the conversation. But agriculture, our, in, our digital businesses, Benevity, who is a technology company, th- those, those things are happening. We have agriculture that's flourishing. I mean, we've done really well with respect to, you know, we've had the largest merger uh, close with Nutrient and Potash. I mean, we don't talk about that. And, but there are successes in 18 that need to be recognized, and we will do that. But we will continue down that podium of record to make sure that the challenges and burdens that are put in front of businesses are removed. Sandeep, stay on the line. We will continue this conversation in a second. Sandeep Lolly from the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, our guest. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. If I had to pick one word to describe how Calgary is feeling heading out of 2018, I would call frustration as maybe one of the key words. Frustrated with the different levels of government getting in the way of economic development. And now just trying to maybe pick up the pieces. Unfortunately, it's heading into an election year. So it's going to open up that discussion. Here on a city level, though, there's been a couple of announcements that have kind of pushed you away and then brought you back together again. Sandy Plawley is the president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce. She's been our guest to this point. And Sandy, I wanted to ask you about the city and city council in particular. And a lot of the discussion has been after the Olympics and the Olympic decision is the new event center, is the Victoria Park redevelopment, is East Village and sort of that rethinking of the downtown core and the surrounding area. And I wonder from the chamber's standpoint, is this good for business? I think that, you know, the chambers, we have a pretty good relationship with the city. And I think what, what the recognition with the BMO expansion and East Village and all that sort of stuff is fantastic because it is showing that we are investment worthy and that our city and our council are moving towards being business friendly and moving towards 
um, having commerce be at the center of vibrant communities. And so that those are all great indications. If you had one message to take to uh, your membership, your Calgary businesses for 2019, what would it be? I would, for 2019, the message is stay strong. It's within you. Make disciplined decisions and continue to talk to the chamber so that we have your voice and we can use our platform to articulate that because there's no way to get to solution if we don't know what the problems are. And we need that from our business community. Sandeep, I appreciate the time as always. A Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, all the best come 2019. Yeah, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Sandeep Lolly, the president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, as we this time of year, you start to hear a few of the year-end interviews, and that was sort of one that I wanted to do, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about the last couple of weeks, and we've had the Chamber on a, a few times over the course of the last few months here, uh, as I've taken the reins of the show, to give you a sense of what the business community is feeling, and like I said right off the top there, is the word that keeps coming to mind is frustration. Like, how is it that we've come to this point? And I think to dovetail off of Zach's conversations earlier on in the afternoon, one of the challenges, I think, has been you're hearing politicians talk, but even they're not really sold on what they're saying. And we had Emergy Sohi on the pro- on Zach's show earlier in the day. You could sense the frustration. All you need to do is read some of the texts. You could hear it in Zach's voice is, I don't know if we're getting the answers we're needing. And I think that is reflected in what Sandeep is getting to with what she said there is, hey, the start of 2019 is not going to be the easiest thing in the world. We're still trying to go through the ebbs and flows of the differential in oil and trying to figure out what the, the grand vision of or grand vision is. And this is the challenge I keep saying it. I'm going to sound like a broken record by the end of the, the next federal election. But it's up to you to, as a, as a voter, to get informed and make the best possible decision for your city, for your community, for your province, for your country. Because we have a provincial election and a federal election to come in 2019. The Scalgary Today on 770 CHQR. It has been an emotional four weeks-ish in the Calgary Court Centre with the trial for Edward Downey, who was accused of first-degree murder in the deaths of Sarah Bailey and Talia Marsman back in 2016. And we now know what the jury has decided just three hours into deliberations. They emerged and told the courtroom what a lot of people, I think, we're expecting cheering, hugging and tears in the courtroom as the jury found Edward Downey guilty of two counts of first degree murder in this case. It took the five men, seven women jury less than three hours to reach the verdicts. For three and a half weeks, the jury heard graphic details in this case. Bailey was found inside of her Northwest Calgary basement suite on July 11, 2016. Talia's body was found three days later outside the city limits following an Alberta-wide Amber Alert. 
First-degree murder comes with an automatic life sentence with no chance of parole for at least 25 years. What still needs to be decided is if Downey should face consecutive parole ineligibilities. If that happens, Downey would not be able to apply for any kind of release for 50 years. 11 out of 12 jurors recommended he spend 50 years before, behind bars before he can apply for parole. The case will be back in court in mid-January when a date will be set for sentencing. So that is Global's Nancy Hickst with that story, uh, giving you a little bit more context and what she knows now, as she mentioned. Uh, the sentencing date will not be set until mid-January, and that's to give an opportunity for family members and loved ones of Talia and Sarah a chance to write victim impact statements and prepare for that day where a judge will be able to hand down that sentence. And as Nancy mentioned, that's the fascinating point with multiple murders is it's been fairly recently that the legislation has changed where instead of you know that it's going to be a concurrent sentence regardless it's life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years they made the uh the federal government allowed for consecutive sentences in multiple murder cases to be brought forward now this is nothing new here in alberta and it has been even as a reporter when I, at, here at 770 CHQR, dealing with the number of tragedies and covering the number of, of tragic situations that have transpired over the last number of years here in our province. And two really come to mind right off the bat. One not so long ago was Douglas Garland, uh, the man who was found guilty of first-degree murders in the deaths of Alvin and Kathy Lickness and five-year-old Nathan O'Brien. He received a sentence of life in prison with no chance of parole for 75 years. Derek Soretsky, another one that may jog a few people's attention because that was, again, fairly similar to the case of Sarah and Talia because there was an Amber Alert issued for Haley Dunbar Blanchett uh, in the Crow's Nest Nest Pass, Pincher Creek area. Her body was later found. Her father was killed as well. And they ended up connecting Mr. Soretsky to a previous death of Hannah Mechatech. And he also received three guilty verdicts of murder and received, yes, life in prison, no chance of parole for 75 years. There's also been a few double murder cases. I know there's one, I believe it was up in Evanston. Uh, the name escapes me on that one. There was also one where it was uh, Emmanuel Kasai was his name here in Calgary, uh, murdered his mother and caregiver uh, or mother's caregiver. He received life in prison with no chance of parole for 50 years as well. So this is this wouldn't be precedent setting by any stretch of the imagination. But as mentioned, we will get uh, a sentence in the next few months as the uh, as the families, as the loved ones of Talia and Sarah have the opportunity to prepare victim impact statements. It's their opportunity to address Edward Downey one final time before he is escorted out of the courtroom and into jail for the foreseeable future, whether it's life in prison for with no chance of parole for 25 or 50 years That is the question. Now, family members have spoken to reporters outside the courtroom, and in a couple of minutes here, we will get to that. But what I do want to say is, 
in any case where there is the murder or death of a child, we always talk about the the first responders, we talk about the families, we talk about the jurors who have to look at the pictures and see the evidence and get it step by step by step. And I do want to take a moment to thank each and every one of those people who have been involved in dealing with this case and the many others that have, have happened in our city and our province, the EMS, police, fire, the jurors, the families. I honestly can't imagine being in your shoes. And over the last four weeks, I know there are a lot of Calgarians right now who are thinking of you. It's not going to be an easy few months still, but we have a little bit of, we can put the bookend, I guess, on, on this chapter in our city's history. And thank you. Can't even begin to express how we feel. And we can only say we're sorry and our thoughts are with you. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. As mentioned, an emotional day in the Calgary Court Centre today as Edward Downey has been found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder in the 2016 deaths of Sarah Bailey and Talia Marsman. Again, I, I hate using the word closure. I hate when reporters ask that question about whether or not it provides a family any kind of closure because it doesn't. The loved ones are, are not with their family anymore. But it puts a bookend on the chapter. And that was the tough part for the family. And I can't imagine having to go out in front of a, a bunch of reporters and cameras and address what happened in court. But that's exactly what Janet Fredette did. The mother of Sarah, the grandmother of Talia, spoke to reporters just a few seconds ago. Hello, I am Sarah's mother and Talia's grandmother. Firstly, the families of Sarah and Talia would like to thank the press for giving the families the privacy from the beginning to the end of the trial of Mr. Downey. The families would also like to extend their admiration and gratitude to the Crown prosecutors. They work tirelessly and the result is proof that the system works. We would also like to thank the Calgary Police Service. With their use of technology, countless hours of investigation and professionalism, and their constant support of the families. A big thank you also goes out to the victim services for their support and love through all these three trying times. It has been a long two and a half years to get to this moment in time. We are most pleased with the outcome of the trial and we are certain justice will be served following this verdict. Now I can go home and bury Sarah and Talia's ashes and forever let them rest in peace. Our hope is that in time and little by little, this powerful love we feel for the girls will gradually take up more and more space in our minds each and every day. The pictures and sounds of the happier times will settle on us and drive out the darkness that has become part of our daily lives to the most recent past. Sarah died trying to help her friend out of a bad situation. She is a hero. Sarah's death has ensured that no other individual will be harmed by Mr. Downey.
Thank you. Strong words from Jennifer Dett, the mother of Sarah Bailey, the grandmother of Talia Marsman, as their killer, Edward Downey. In just three hours, a jury has decided he should spend his life in prison. The question now becomes how long before he's eligible for parole, whether it's 25 or 50 years, will be decided in the new year. Scalgar today on 770 CHQR. So let's uh, let's shift a little bit, and I wanted to get this in before the end of the show today, and it was from Ray, and Ray messaged me and said, me and my other half, the woman that I love, I love her to bits. We are unfortunately not able to be together for this Christmas, and she was stressing quite a lot over the phone bill that had spiraled out of control due to just how her life has been going and the way other things were going, popping up, demanding immediate payment. I moved her to tears. The one simple fact that I did, I told her it was not a diamond necklace. It wasn't a trip or a dance. I said, go and look at how much you owe on your phone. That's where my several hundred dollars for her went. We're both pretty practical people and very, very stubborn. She's not one to ask for help. And even though we are in a relationship, so this is how I could show her my love for her and give her a Christmas present she deserves. It's a fantastic story because I know yesterday we were talking and this was all in response to, you know, spending and that kind of thing. And when it comes to practicality like that and giving what people need versus what people want is sometimes the greatest gift of all. It's Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast. Do me a huge favor and leave a rating and a comment. And you can always hit me up on Twitter as well. Just follow me at Calgary Today.